Full parole has been granted to an Edmonton man convicted of killing his pregnant wife and dumping her body in a ditch. The Royal Bank of Canada hired a wealth manager months after he faced a multi-million dollar bankruptcy proceeding. Calgary City Council amends a bylaw to restrict pro-life material being handed out. Special Rapporteur David Johnston appeared before a parliamentary committee for three hours and denied allegations of bias and defended his report into foreign interference. Hello Canada, it's Wednesday, June 7th, and this is the True North Daily Brief. I'm Rachel Emanuel. And I'm Cosman Georgia. We've got you covered with all the news you need to know. Let's discuss the top stories of the day and the True North exclusives you won't hear anywhere else. The Parole Board of Canada says Michael White, who was convicted of killing his pregnant wife and dumping her body in a ditch, was granted full parole in late May. In 2006, the 46-year-old was convicted of second-degree murder and offering an indignity to a dead body in the death of his wife. Leanna White was fatally stabbed in July 2005. She was four months pregnant with the couple's second child. A few days after her death, her body was found in a ditch by a search party which included her husband. The parole board said White maintains his innocence. It also said White demonstrated employment stability and the ability to live a law-abiding lifestyle. The shocking revelation comes one week after serial killer and rapist Paul Bernardo was secretly transferred from the notorious maximum security Millhaven Institute near Kingston, Ontario, to a medium security prison in the Quebec Laurentians. This is a really disturbing story, Cosman. I read this story and I think to myself, are we supposed to be happy for this man? The parole board is seems to be celebrating this decision. They're just celebrating that White demonstrated what they said was employment stability and the ability to live a law-abiding lifestyle. I don't really care. I'm not really that interested in the fact that he's been able to turn his life around. He committed murder. He murdered his wife and their unborn child. I think it's unacceptable that he's being given a second chance now when he stole that opportunity from two individuals. Yeah, absolutely. And it seems like almost every week now we're hearing uh, another story like this where parole is granted to, um, quite frankly, you know, people who have committed horrific crimes. And it really shines a light on the need for parole reform, which has been a huge issue. And, you know, I'm not sure if it's because it's a topical uh, issue that we're kind of like hearing these stories come out, because I think these were uh, always happening. And it's just like now people are becoming aware of it. And it's really pushing the need to change the system. And the Parole Board of Canada has uh, made so many bad decisions in the past. We saw it with that mass stabbing on the First Nations uh, reservation recently, I guess that was last year, uh, where the individual who was the main suspect was granted parole after committing numerous different crimes and being convicted. So it's just, I really question their judgment on this one. When we talk about a broken system, I think it's indicative of a broken nation, a system which prioritizes the perpetrator's rights and futures much more than the victims and their families' rights. Yesterday, Lindsay was on the podcast and we discussed the Paul Bernardo update. 
and we talked about how it's time to bring back conversations around the death penalty in Canada. These are individuals who have destroyed so many lives. Same with this Michael White individual. Have destroyed lives. He's been convicted of murder. I know that the Canadian government doesn't consider an unborn child to be a person, but he killed two people. And here he is being let out of prison. I read in a previous story that he was actually engaged. I don't know if that engagement is still ongoing, but just how sick it is that this person is being granted full opportunity to continue his life as if he did not take two people's lives. And the lack of justice for the victim's families in this case is really quite appalling. I can't imagine having to be the mother of someone who was killed or a sister. And now you have to follow these updates as the perpetrator is being let into a lesser secure prison or even being let out in some cases. And you're just, you have to spend your life dealing with that honest, what I can imagine would be rage. So it really is, I think, a sign of a broken nation that victims are treated with such carelessness. The Royal Bank of Canada hired a wealth advisor in 2020 to manage millions in other clients' funds only months after he filed a commercial proposal under the Bankruptcy and Insolvency Act to pay a fraction of a reported debt totaling more than $2 million. A Government of Canada bankruptcy and insolvency records search obtained by True North shows that 42-year-old RBC Wealth Advisor Moise Ghulam Hussein engaged in a commercial proposal for $2,102,872 in liabilities beginning on November 5, 2019. During the proceedings, Ghulam Hussein listed his total assets at 122000 and successfully completed the proposal with his creditors, which included the Canada Revenue Agency. According to Ghulam Hussein's LinkedIn profile, Ghulam Hussein began his job at Royal Bank of Canada's wealth management arm as a portfolio manager and wealth advisor in 2020. He states in his about page that he specializes in, quote, tax-saving solutions, while his profile at RBC Wealth Management describes how his skills are, quote, best suited for clients who have investable assets of over $1 million. Ghulam Hussein is not facing any criminal charges, and the allegations have not been proven in court. So, Rachel, uh, you know, I've, I've been working on this story for a while, like a couple weeks now, because there was just a, a lot of information and records and court documents to go through and weed through. Um, what do you think, you know, from the outside perspective about uh, RBC making a decision to hire somebody who, you know, to manage vast amounts of wealth for other people who under personally underwent uh, a bankruptcy proceeding to pay a fraction of a cost to, quite frankly, to, to taxpayers because the CRA, if you owe the money, tax money, uh, you know, we're left on the hook to cover that. Well, that's exactly the point here. I'm not surprised to, he to see this decision. It's been fairly obvious for some years now that federal and provincial governments and any sort of crown corporation or really any entity that receives government money, thinking of the airlines, for example, which are terribly operated and steal from customers all the time, deliver terrible service, but are so expensive but are able to continue in this manner because they receive federal bailouts every time things get a little bit dodgy for them. 
These systems all operate in ways that a normal family or normal individual could never hope to operate. They spend way more money than they earn and they aren't accountable for where that money is going. And if they blow millions or billions of dollars on a project with little results, everyone sort of just shrugs their shoulders and say, well, what did you really expect? There's never any accountability. Calgary City Council has approved a bylaw amendment to fine those handing out pro-life material $1,000. That's unless they hide images of aborted babies inside an envelope. In a bylaw amendment passed last month, Calgary City Council ruled that images depicting abortion victims must be hidden inside an opaque envelope with a warning about its contents. The envelope must also show the name and address of the sender. Richard Durr, executive director of the political party Pro-Life Alberta, says the bylaw indicates that abortion itself should be outlawed. Durr said, quote, If the images are too graphic for public consumption, then perhaps the act of abortion, which brings about these horrific images in the first place, ought itself to be further regulated and outlawed. Calgary councillor Jennifer Wynas said images of aborted babies can be, quote, deeply traumatizing and harmful, end quote, for some people. She also said, quote, While we want to uphold the freedom of advocacy groups to express their opinions, we need to also balance our responsibility to protect communities. As a society, we accept that not all content is appropriate for everyone, which is why we have our ratings for disturbing or mature films, for example. Canada is the only democracy in the world which provides no legal protection for preborn humans. In March, the Canadian Institute for Health Information revealed that there were 87,485 induced abortions in 2021. This is a really unsurprising story coming out of Calgary City Council, which seems to be the most woke council in the entire country right now. Not even joking about that when this council has passed some really radical policies, including this one. And of course, with Councillor Wynas's quote, here she is comparing abortion, which is something that is actually happening, which is legal in Canada. We have no restrictions on abortion to R ratings in movies, which are made up. And this is just an excuse for the city council and abortion proponents and advocates to hide the horrors of what abortion actually is. Yeah, Rachel. And you know, if I recall correctly, uh, I remember reading this bylaw when it was in front of city council and they're actually, it's not restricted to, you know, uh, aborted fetuses of humans. Like, they actually can't show aborted fetuses of animals. It's like a blanket statement. And it's it's quite uh, wide in its scope and, and harsh in the penalties that it provides for a law that is essentially, you know, censorship of, of you know, public protests, a form of public protest. Handing out um, material and literature is a form of protest in my eyes. And it's, you know, done by different groups for different reasons, but it just so happens that the issue here uh, involves, you know, a graphic reality. And I think um, a lot of people who are on either side of this debate, whether they're pro-life or pro-choice, have actually never seen what an abortion looks like or what the product of an abortion is. And that really upsets people who want to maintain the status quo in Canada. As you mentioned, you know, we don't have any sort of laws or, or limits uh, on this thing. And it, it really upsets them because it 
confronts people with the reality of what is happening. And quite frankly, uh, the reality is a disturbing one. And to compare it to like R-rated movies is, is kind of a ridiculous comparison that has no connection to the matter at hand, which is like a, a well, you know, like the the pro the pro life argument on one hand, and also like the free speech thing, because this is an infringement on freedom of expression. That's at least that's the way I see it. The Trudeau government's special rapporteur on foreign interference, David Johnson, appeared before a House of Commons committee to take questions on his recommendation to not conduct a public inquiry into the matter. During the committee, which lasted for over three hours, Johnston said the allegations swirling around his objectivity are, quote, quite simply false. The former governor general repeatedly brushed off MPs' attacks on his credibility. Johnston said, the issue of foreign interference deserves serious and robust debate. I will continue to invite disagreement on my recommendations, but will not be deterred from completing my work. Johnston has been criticized due to his close relationship with the Trudeaus and the fact that he was a member of the Beijing-funded Trudeau Foundation prior to his appointment. During his committee appearance, Johnston revealed that he never reached out to former Liberal MP Han Dong before clearing him in his foreign interference report. Dong is alleged to have urged a Chinese diplomat to hold off on releasing Michael Kovrig and Michael Spavor from China's custody. In lieu of a public inquiry into China's interference, Johnston plans to hold public hearings next month into the matter. So we have here, you know, Johnston not budging. The prime minister is standing by his appointment, of course. Uh, we've seen NDP leader Jagmeet Singh sort of start to shift towards trying to pressure a public inquiry. And now there's this committee which has, you know, resulted in three hours of essentially nothing, no new information for the public. Where do we go from here, Rachel? What is the next step? I mean, it's a very serious topic, but it's become rather comical at this point. Clearly, Johnston's reputation is unsalvageable at this point. No one believes that he is credible on this file. No one believes that he is objective. That is what is dominating the headlines now, the stories about his alleged lack of objectivity and his ability to do the job properly. That is the only thing people are talking about right now. And so you'd think he'd understand that he's become the story. That's absolutely not what you want in this type of circumstance. And as a result, it's best for him to step aside and to let someone else do it. You know, even if he thinks I can do this job objectively, well, clearly the public doesn't think so. And parliamentarians don't think so. So obviously it's in his best interest and it's in the best interest of Canada for him to step aside and to let someone else do this job. Maybe they'll come to the same findings as him. If he believes in the work that he's done and he's confident in his work, he should be comfortable to let someone else do it and likely come to the same findings if he's so certain that they are in fact the correct findings. And then hopefully we can move forward with a discussion on how we proceed with this election interference. But instead he refuses to step aside and continues to make the story about himself. And so we'll have to see where it goes. I think, I don't know if I see this really developing with 
so much of the discussion being dominated just about Johnston and his ability to conduct this job or perhaps lack thereof. That's it for today. And don't forget to check in at www.tnc.news throughout the day for all the news you need to know. And if you're able, please consider supporting independent media at donate.tnc.news. Thanks for listening and have a great day.